and welcome to With This Book We Can. I'm Lynette Barker. And I'm Kerry Gittens. We are teacher librarians passionate about literature and how to bring stories to life in the classroom. We acknowledge the First Peoples of Australia as the first storytellers. Your stories and experiences are the heart of this country. In particular, we acknowledge the Awabakal people, the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording today. And now today, we have an absolutely beautiful book that made you cry, Lynette. It when did. You, when you first it read it, yes, mm-hmm. when you first saw it. And it's gorgeous. It's called Deep, A Story of Love Through Generations. And it's by um, an author, illustrator called Stephen Hogton. And now Stephen lives with his wife and two kids and a lot of rescued animals, apparently, um, in Norway. Yes, Deep, A Story of Love Through the Generations. And on the back it says... Go, my little one, swim free, she whispered. I'll always be waiting here. This is a story of a mother whale and her baby. It's a story of a shared journey across the ocean, of new experiences and grand adventures. Above all, it's a story of love passed down through the generations. And correct, Kerry, I picked this up in Waterstones in Horsham in the UK where my son is living. I was visiting and I was on my own just wandering through a bookshop and I got to the end of this and I was sobbing and I, it was it just I think it was my context that my son was living over there and that I had said goodbye to him, hopefully not forever, hopefully he'll be back with me. But I think it was this page I loved that really touched me where he'd travelled the world, this little whale with his mum, and they came back to where he'd been born and it said, but these waters seem too shallow for him now. And you just know, you know when that child is ready for something bigger. And I, and then towards the end where they talk about loving one another and how across a vast ocean you still have a connection. So as I read it, I know it was my context that brought me to tears, but it was the style of the writing. It's so emotive, but gently so. And I just think for a stage three class working on – um, their English outcomes, vocab, front and centre for this book. And I love the fact that it is such a gentle, quiet story and that's where we thought about it would be good for stage three vocabulary outcome of evaluate the effectiveness of modal words used in texts to intensify or soften emotional response. And as I said, it's such a quiet story. So the words that he has used are all very gentle and quiet loving and intense words, but not intense in a harsh way, intense in a very soft way. And I think when he's used words like a gentle nudge or whispered lullabies, and I especially loved he has the phrase mother raised him to the surface instead of pushed him towards the surface. And when you're looking at vocabulary and how you can have an impact with even just one word on the way that a reader feels about that text or or the feeling that it evokes in the reader about that text. I think it's really important for writing if you're using those kind of modal words that you really think about the ones that will infuse the words and the feelings that come afterwards, the, the text that comes afterwards. Yeah, that's so often we'll have a story that's powerful and the words are there and you're like, yes, and it's really, you know, bringing you along and you're feeling so passionate. Yet this drives that passion within you but you don't even realize it's happening he's building and building through the story and all of a sudden there's this 
such an emotive feeling of love and just relationships and family. There are so many concepts running through your head and I'm sure it would depend on your context, but it's just the most amazing use of vocab. It is. And as I said, it's such a quiet story that that brings you along. But you're right, at the very end of it there, it's such a powerful last few pages because the journey that the mother and the calf go on is beautiful. That's lovely. Yeah. But especially the last few pages where it's that letting go and that realisation that there has to be a separation. And that's where perspective comes in because my feeling when that separation occurred was completely different to my son's. Not to say he wasn't apprehensive and nervous and wishing he was with us, but there was adventure and excitement ahead for him. And I've just been recently doing a, um, a writing course and one of the things when we were talking about deep, we said that there may be some literary devices that we could share with you that you may be able to use with the children in the classroom, especially at a stage three level. We talked about assonance and alliteration and metaphor. So now assonance was where you have the same vowel sounds like fleeting and meetings. They don't have to be double E's. They could be an E-A and a double E, but they have a similar sound and we also talked about alliteration where it's Penny put a pencil in her pencil case and it popped up. So we all know what alliteration is. But then the other thing that we thought we would share with you is the fact that there are certain sounds, certain letters that lend themselves to being a softer alliteration than others. So, for example, an M sound or an L sound Lola loved looking at limes. That's a softer sound. Mum murmured magically. They're softer sounds. So perhaps when children are, are looking, when your children are looking at writing stories, they could maybe think about things like that. And it would be good to say those sounds out loud and get them to write short sentences before you actually got them to write a full story on that. We thought that that would be a really good way of getting your students into thinking about language and thinking about words and thinking about the different literary devices that they could use in their writing. And I think what I like in here too is the rhythm of the writing. And now was that another device that you was you had learned about this week? Yes, we were talking about meter and as a musician, everything that I write in musical terms has a meter or has a rhythm or has a pattern to it. Um, And there are lots of patterns that you can find in this particular story. One of them that stood out for us was sometimes the seas were rough and the skies above rained down. So that's a a pattern, a metre pattern. If you're really trying to make a particular idea or sentence stand out, you then need to disrupt it at the end of that. So after the sometimes the seas were rough and the skies above rained down, she's told him, take a breath, dive deep. They're short, sharp sentences that disrupt the, the lyrical gentle pattern from before. Pulls you up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So there's some things that perhaps when you're writing with your students in class that you can use and talk about and you can use this particular book to highlight those. And, and then we started looking across KLAs and one thing we noticed in this book, it is about a cycle. So we have that beautiful little calf and it goes through a journey and comes back to where it started. So it's not a life cycle. It's not the whole life of the, the whale. It's just its learning time with its mum. 
And we started wondering what other animals have that learning cycle before they're then put out into the big wide world. And we were laughing about you know, humans. Sometimes those beautiful children are still on your couch when they're 30 <laughs> and sometimes they've gone too quickly and you're like, come back, come back. I'm not ready to let you go. I don't think you know enough. So humans are, are quite complex in when we want them to go. But a lot of members of the animal kingdom have this cycle of you do this and then you go. That's Some right. are even just the egg and they leave the egg to hatch and do what it can when, it, you know, hopefully it survives. So there's a lot of research in there you could offer the children around that topic. And we also talked about disrupting that life cycle too. What mm. would happen if the calf and the mother got separated and the calf was raised by another whale or you've got other examples in the animal kingdom of ducks being raised by cats or vice versa, kittens being raised by ducks. And you would think in the normal scheme of things that that wouldn't happen, but in some cases it works. And so how does that work? Why does that work? What is the connection that they make that is so familiar for the whole animal kingdom? And we looked at the information fluency framework. So when we're starting to get into this, why is this happening? What? Why would that be possible? We're really moving into the innovative element and there is one there for stage three where we pose questions to expand knowledge about the world, clarify information. Of course, then you could go scientific and really start looking at how they track animals. How do we know so much about animals? What's the research involved there? And we started talking about Google Earth. How does a scientist use their modern technology and skills to give us data about the animal kingdom. And then how does that data inform how they move forward and how they perhaps protect a particular species? And there are so many things we still don't know, which is why the research in the area of science and animals is just never-ending. And I do wonder if we said to children, you know, what questions do you have about this connection between a mother and a child, whether it's a whale or another animal? I wonder what they're curious about and curiosity and wonder that's the heart of what we do in the library. Absolutely. And we thought that if we're talking about whales with this particular book, you could look at tracking the whales across the world. Where do they go? Which oceans do they travel through? And how close do they come to human population? And why? Why don't they just stay out in the deep? Why do they need to come so close? Is there a reason? Is there a need? So if you looked at Google Maps after you've looked at the, the cartography and the mapping of the actual tracking of the animal, you could then get into all kinds of different things. You could be researching the different countries, you could be researching climate change. So there's all sorts of things that you could then bring in once you looked at Google Earth to see where the animals were going. And there's that beautiful book from the CBCA shortlist 2023, which was Amazing Animal Journeys by Jennifer Cossens. So that would be another beautiful book, an information text to complement the narrative of Deep. Yeah, and it would be really good to use both with, especially the stage series, the older children, to see how the narrative and the information or non-fiction texts can compare. Would you read this to kindergarten, Kerry? I would definitely read it to kindergarten, but they would have obviously a more surface-level understanding of what the story is about and then if you took it if you wanted to take a deeper dive into it then you would have to take it further up 
to stage three. I agree. I think they'd enjoy looking at it and knowing that there was a mum and helping the little calf grow. I think they would appreciate that. And I think everybody loves whales. So they're a beautiful group of animals to, to learn about and read about and see so beautifully illustrated. And when I was in the bookstore, weeping over deep, and the lady was pacifying me, she did say there were other books Stephen has written that bring people to quite emotional responses. One was called Leaves. There was Station Cat or the Station Cat, and he's bringing a new one out this year. It's called Herd, H-E-R-D. So he's obviously a big animal person, which is fantastic, but it's just the way that he writes about the animals that's just so beautiful and his illustrations are stunning. So Herd is the next one that's coming out this year. I'll be looking really looking forward to that. And I think this is a book that everybody should have on their shelves. So you can visit our websites to access the resources and information for this particular podcast and all of the others. My website is thebooktree.co and mine is mrsbarkerstearoom.com. Thanks for listening.